Welcome to the Manifestation Bay podcast. My name is Katherine Zinkina, and I'm a manifestation expert, master mindset coach, and multiple seven-figure entrepreneur. I'm obsessed with helping you achieve everything that you once thought was impossible. If you're looking to massively up-level your life, your finances, your relationships, your productivity and success, then you have come to the right place. My goal in this podcast is to help you see the infinite potential within yourself to be, do, and have anything that your heart desires. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of mindset development to help you maximize who you are and where you're going. Leave it to me to provide you with the tools, the resources, the strategies, and teachings that you need to manifest a reality wilder than your wildest dreams. I know we're about to have so much fun together, so thank you so much for pushing play today, and now let's begin. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to share with you that I have officially opened up the sign-up page for a free workshop that I am hosting on August 25th called Manifest Money for Good. It's a three-day live workshop designed for lightworkers like you who are ready to stop resisting the prosperity that they deserve so that you can attract more money and unapologetically change the world. I'm giving away some incredible prizes this time in true Manifestation Babe fashion, so you're definitely not going to want to miss this one. If manifesting more money for good is on your goals list for 2020, then guess what? The universe has officially answered your prayers. You can sign up right now at manifestationbabe.com slash money for good. Again, that's manifestationbabe.com slash money for good. I am so excited to see you in the workshop. Okay, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome back to the Manifestation Babe podcast. I am so excited for today's episode because I got to sit down with a very special soul who just so happens to be a shaman. And I got to ask her a million questions about her work as an authentic African shaman and how she helps people elevate themselves into their most authentic, spiritually aligned selves. I won't lie. I could have spent five hours with Makosi And she is definitely coming back because every single time she spoke in this episode, which you'll find out very soon, I had 10 more million questions to ask her and I just could not contain myself. (laughs) Shamanism is such a fascinating line of work to me. It's all about mastering the spiritual realm so that we can learn to figure out how we can enjoy this human realm and live our best lives and really live up to our human potential. In this episode, I go deep with Makosi in asking her everything from why she became a shaman to her experience being initiated as a shaman to working with the spiritual realm to how she helps her clients get out of their own way using her gifts as a spiritual guide. Makosi is not afraid of diving deep into the esoteric stuff. And so if you're ready to go out there, and you're not afraid of the woo, 
this episode is definitely for you. Again, like I said, Mikosi is coming back. So think of this episode as part one. For anyone who doesn't know Mikosi, Mikosi recently showed up on my friend James Wedmore's podcast talking about the root cause of racism that really opened up my eyes to what is really happening here in the 3D world and how we can come together to heal this aspect of darkness together. It was such a good episode. I had to have her come on here. Here's just a little bit more about her. Makosi of the royalshaman.com is a spiritual guide and authentic shaman that helps soul seeking high achievers create an extraordinary business and life using mindset, mindfulness, and metaphysics mastery. Through shamanic DNA activation and energetic alignment, she assists high achievers to discover their purpose, decode their essence, and break through the blocks, keeping them from creating limitless abundance, unparalleled freedom, and exceptional impact. She bridges ancient spiritual wisdom in a modern practical way to resonate with people from all walks of life by applying fundamental spiritual truths to help high achievers consciously create satisfying success in the real world. The wisdom she shares is all-inclusive, non-religious, and super practical. Her clients walk away with a completely different perspective of their life and the world and obtain the tools they need to be happy, successful, and fulfilled spiritual beings having a human experience. You guys are in for a rabbit hole of treats. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Makosi, I am ridiculously excited to have you on the Manifestation Bay podcast. I am so ready to nerd out on all things ascension, up-leveling, spirituality, DNA activation, ancient wisdom, and learning more about your journey as an authentic African shaman. So thank you so much for coming on. How are you doing today? Fantastic. Looking forward to being able to dive really deep and go places. Let's explore the the final frontier. Oh my God. I love it. Um, Before we started recording this episode, Mikosi asked like, is it okay to go really out there and really woo? And I said, yes, because I know that you guys listening are ready for this stuff. I know that from personal experience, I started going way deep after my experience with plant medicine and even opening up with plant medicine, I was so nervous to do because I was like, oh my God, they're going to think I started to do drugs, right? Drugs for spiritual ascension. And I know that there's some people that judge that and I'm like, oh my God, am I going to lose? I swear to God, I know my husband thought that we're going to legit lose half her following for me opening up about that. And the exact opposite happened. And so I'm really excited to go deep, deep, deep into the rabbit hole. But before we nerd out with all the, all the metaphysical stuff. Can you just share a little bit about who you are, what you do and how you help people? Well, um, I'm going to have to actually stop calling myself just an African shaman soon. Um, because I have, um, what is essentially a universal calling. So I'm getting ready to, um, actually complete another level of initiation with an indigenous Mexican shaman into plant medicine. So um, I'm going to start calling myself a universal, universal shaman. I love that. Yeah. um, All of these ancient wisdom teachings. I really mostly help soul seekers, high achievers who are struggling to find their um, energetic alignment ready to ascend and transcend the self, master the 
the inner frontier and um, really explore, open up their own spiritual gifts, as well as create infinite abundance and freedom in their life through mindset, mindfulness, and metaphysics mastery. You have dive into fun things. You've just described my audience to a T, just so you know. If there was a a paragraph to describe them, you just gave that. Okay, Makosi, before we started this episode, you were talking about how you have a uh, background in pre-med, similar to me, and we're joking about DNA just a little bit. But um, there has to be a story behind how you got (laughs) to where you are today. There's got to be a story behind how you came into the the spiritual world and how you got, how you were called to get initiated as a shaman. And I love that you are calling yourself a universal shaman and learning from different cultures. That's really exciting. Can you just get into that? Like, how did you get into whatever it is that you're doing today? Well, this has to go all the way back to when I was a little baby. Um, (laughs) And even before I was born, because my mom had some, had some knowing about, um, who I was coming to be in the world. Mm. And um, I was one of those strange children who um, remembered who I was before. And so I would be telling my mom really strange things about my last time here and how to make sure that I was mummified in order to preserve my <laughs> body and just really weird stuff at like... At what age? Um, I was telling her that stuff at like four, um, but I can remember all the way back to being like two and telling her things, knowing things. Wow. And, um, so I always had, um, certain spiritual gifts, um, being able to see into people, (laughs) through people, see what's coming. Now Um, I'm nervous. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I wouldn't be here if it was really, really bad. Um, (laughs) that's good to know. (laughs) Yeah. And for the most part, I try not to do it. I've gained some mastery over that. Cause it can just be overwhelming if you're constantly open and I, you know, would see entities, etc. Um, but my mom was, she was a single mom and she was also a teenager when she had my brother and I, and, um, and also I'm mixed. So, you know, my mom is white and my dad is black and I grew up in Southern West Virginia and it was a pretty, um, lots of racism. I dealt with racism regularly. Um, and also a lot of expectations of failure essentially. So there was a lot of cards stacked against me because Mm -hmm. I was growing up in poverty, single teen mom, you know, being mixed, all of these things. And I have a little bit of a rebellious nature. So (laughs) in school, I was like, okay, I'm going to be a high achiever. I'm going to be the smartest person in the room because um, no one at the time was finding me attractive. <laughs> that was a, a thing that I dealt with, but it wasn't until I was, uh, I was 15 and my best friend was murdered. We had just gotten back from the beach and, um, her boyfriend who she was pregnant by shot her. This was on a Friday, shot her in between the eyes and she was still alive, but in critical condition. And I had to tell her mom that she was pregnant and her mom had to make the difficult decision whether to keep her on life support or not. So her mom 
the next day decided that they would pull the plug because she was only like five months. It was going to be so expensive to keep her alive for like another four months. And she was not there. She was just a body at that point. So they pulled the plug on that Saturday. I had been staying with a friend and I went home and uh, got ready for bed. And I, I went down, laid in my bed, was reading. And all of a sudden she appeared at the end of my bed. Whoa. And I started tripping. I was like, because I had seen entities before and I had had some knowing before, but I always talked myself out of it. Like, yeah. that's not real. You're tripping, right? But this time she appeared and it was just like, just like real life, real life. Wow. And I'm like, okay, it's nine o'clock. I look at the time. Okay. No, it's not late. Did I accidentally fall asleep? So I start pinching myself and like blinking real hard. <laughs> and she's just looking at you and like she just saying laughed. She giggled after I started doing all this. Oh she giggled, but there was no sound. So I saw her doing the, the motions of it. And then she telepathically told me that she just came to let me know that she was okay and that she was going to be moving on to the other side. Um, and ever since then, I've only seen her in dream time and in, in the dream world. I haven't interacted with her on this plane. But, um, after that I was like, okay, like this is a real thing. (laughs) This is real. And I went through a stage where I barely spoke for a year and I really went into this deep contemplation about who am I? What am I doing? Why was I behaving in this way? Cause I was dating similar guys to what, you know, the kind of guys that she was dating. And I started digging into the experiences that I had and that kind of catapulted my personal development journey. And then I started to get what we call the calling sickness. And that started to manifest in different ways where, you know, one doctor would say, oh, you know, she's schizophrenic or she's, you know, hallucinating and this, that, and the other. And then I started to have um, these full body aches and I would just be screaming because my bones would hurt whole time, (laughs) like that started at 16. Um, and it kept, it kept going and manifesting in all of these different ways. And then I started to interact with higher level entities. So like literally divinities at this point, and I'm going to college (laughs) because, you know, the thing is I had a single teen mom and the way that you get out is you have to get an education. My, I only had as a goal, I'm going to college. I didn't know what I was going to study. Yeah. So I changed my major like four times. Um, <laughs> took me six years to get out of college because I kept changing my mind. And eventually I was like, okay, what is the thing that you get into that is like the highest level, right? Oh my God. I'm so going to go to med school. <laughs> So many similarities in our stories. Oh my God. Right? So I'm like, I'm going to go to med school because I do science and maths are my jam. Like I'm top of my class in this area and I'm going to make money and I'll be able to take care of my mom someday. I'll be doctor, yada. The whole time I'm having these experiences, I'm getting really sick, Um, but everything really started to change. When um, my husband and I got married, we met in college and we were married a few years and I was having so many um, issues with my, with my womb. 
And the doc, my gynecologist had been my mom's gynecologist and said, uh, you have a very limited amount of time to have children. So if you guys are going to do this, you should probably go ahead and, and start trying to get pregnant. And I'm like 23, 22, 23. So I spent a year going through treatments, trying to get pregnant, finally give up. <laughs> and they scheduled a surgery that was going to help to remove. I had uh, severe endometriosis and, and polycystic ovaries. So they scheduled me for surgery and I don't end up having to go back into surgery because boom, miracle baby. I, <laughs> I'm pregnant right before they roll me back. Wow. Um, but I had a really challenging pregnancy. I was on bed rest for six out of the nine months of my pregnancy. And this was my final year. So I'm taking like, you know, chemistry, physics, like I'm teaching myself physics from home. And then I have him and I had one semester left. And so I'm literally breastfeeding, drop, giving him to my friend, going to class for two hours, coming back, breastfeeding again. <laughs> oh my God. And also working. And so I start looking and I'm like, I can't, like I went through a year and nine months and almost died after having him develop postpartum preeclampsia. That's another wild story we could probably get into because it has to do with spirit. Mm. But um, I was like, I can't, I can't just leave this. I can't leave him. Like it was so hard for me to get pregnant. Now I'm going to go to med school and like be studying all day and get maybe an hour or two with him at night and then go to residency and be doing 80 hours. Like, no, that wasn't for me. So um, I decided not to go to med school and I went and got myself a job and all I could get a job in was at Target <laughs> as a manager. Yeah. <laughs> as Target. And I was like, man, this is crazy. Cause I'm still having to work all these weird hours and I'm dropping my kid off at daycare. I'm still not being with them. So that's kind of catapulted me into entrepreneurship. I started building a business from home at that point in direct sales. Hmm. And I blew up, like I blew up in direct sales. I went from zero to the top 1% in my company, which is one of the biggest direct sales companies out there in relationship enhancement products. People will probably know what that means. And I did that in nine months. And when I got to the top, I realized I have been getting bamboozled. This society is bamboozling us to believe that our fulfillment is based on this, this achievement, right? I got to this level of success that other people were really desiring. I'm getting, you know, flown to Vegas and this trip and these designer handbags and parties at mansions and all of that. And I realized I'm still not fulfilled. Mm. I'm still not fulfilled. So what is it? Why am I here? Who am I? What is the meaning of life? So I start asking all those questions and some crazy synchronicities happened. And the next thing you know, I find myself in this organization that is one of the ancient mystery schools, ancient Egyptian mystery schools through the Dogon of West Africa. And I spent three years in that initiation. And over that time, it came out, okay, you have to become a priestess. You have to become a priestess. 
you know, shaman, et cetera. Um, and things just unfolded literally like magic. I was still experiencing some, some of the calling sickness. And one night I was literally lying in my room, piercing migraine because I was seeing (laughs) so much and it was just intense. And I literally said out loud, because at this point I'm, I'm basically practicing shamanism. I'm communicating with spirit. And I'm like, listen, ancestors, spirits, whatever the heck it is that you want me to do, I will do it. I don't care how much money it takes. I don't care how much time it takes. I don't care how hard it is. I don't care what I got to do. I'm going to do it. And as soon as I shut up, my phone went ding. And someone had messaged me on Facebook. (laughs) Now, this woman, I had dreamed of a year before. But when I had the dream, it was confusing because we looked the same. And so, yeah. So in the dream, I'm like, wait a minute. I was learning from this person. She looks like me. Am I teaching myself? What does this mean? Well, boom, she randomly pops up in my Facebook land and she's like, Hey, are you a healer? And I was like, well, I know I have to become (laughs) one, but I'm not yet. And everything just unfolded from there. She lives in South Africa. You know, I got the, the confirmation and then I went to South Africa to complete, I think it was seven initiations to become a Sangoma or a Zulu shaman. What is the it? end? <laughs> I love that. What does it mean by initiation? Oh, so initiation, just the word by itself means education. Oh, okay. Okay. So a lot of people associate initiation with just the ceremonial aspects. Yeah. And that's really important. But there also is the education. And in our case, um, especially in the first initiation I went through, that was three years. Um it was a it was a re-education, um, a, a new paradigm, seeing things from um, our ancestral, ancient perspective, which is very uncomfortable. <laughs> it's a really that by itself is really challenging. I'm like, <laughs> that's I did that. I was great in that. This whole becoming a shaman thing that that's gonna be fine. No, it is, um, any African spiritual initiations are challenging. Um, I don't, I can't speak for all of them, but to become a Sangoma, a Zulu shaman, um, or in any of those, there, there's some that are very closely related. It's hard. Like the word hard is not describing how difficult it is. Um, We're drinking bile. We're walking on our knees, like on concrete. I slept on the floor for four years. Um, We're being tested on our spiritual gifts. So we have like this game where um, our spiritual uh, teacher, grandmother, godparent, whatever you want to call them, um, any of them at any time that are around can all of a sudden call you and say, I've hidden something. 
and immediately you have to go down, down on your knees, get into spirit, access the spirit realm. And number one, find what it is that they've hidden and they can hide in anywhere in the house or the yard. Then you have to tell them what they've hidden and where it is. And you have to go get it once you've told them where it is using only your sight, using only your spiritual abilities. Wow. So there's a lot of testing because they our ancient systems had these safeguards through their initiatic processes. You don't just call yourself a shaman. You don't just call yourself a sangoma or or you know whatever the, the title of that is. There's a spiritual safeguard because we understand that the spiritual realm is more powerful and more real than the physical. So you may look like you know what you're talking about, but we need to know (laughs) that you know what you're talking about and that you can demonstrate influence and connection with spirit. And it safeguards the, the, the shaman or the initiate themselves because now they're learning how to interact with the spirit realm. Mm. And also it safeguards anyone who comes into contact with this person because now they've at least met the minimum requirements to then go out in the world and be helping people spiritually. So they're not just picking up a tarot deck and (laughs) like, I don't even read tarot. I did read tarot when I was like 11 or 12. Uh Um, I just picked, somebody gifted me a deck and I just started reading. Um, but this is a very different thing. Not to say that people can't do that, but a lot of people are doing things right now and they don't know what they're accessing. It is hearing that. I keep hearing, like I, I haven't worked very closely with uh, shamans outside of plant medicine, but I'm, I know like I've been telling my team, I've been telling my husband, I've been telling my friends that my next mentor will be a shaman. Because I feel like I've done, I've done the coaching, I've done the masterminds, I've done all that stuff. I'm ready to go to the next level on a spiritual level. And I am fascinated by this because I totally believe that the um, spirit world is more real than the 3D physical world. I believe that this is an illusion that's, that's essentially a hologram being projected from the, the, you know, the metaphysical world. You know, that's like the simplest way of putting it. Um, and I keep hearing from various shamans, like most people don't know what they're doing. And I'm curious, like, what does that mean? Like, what do you mean by that? Like, what are some things that you might see that are, could be potentially like dangerous or disrespectful or like whatever it is versus, um, the people who do know what they're doing? Is it, is it, is it like, my question really is like, talk on that a little bit, but also my question is like you, um, you know, you call yourself like an authentic um, African shaman. And I'm curious, is there like an inauthentic shaman? You know what I mean? Like, can anyone become a shaman? Is it something where your ancestors have to call you? Is it something where you make a decision? Do you have to be chosen by another shaman? Like, how does that even, how does it work? Besides, you know, besides you sharing that you've been connected to spirit since you were a kid. Because I also hear that as a common um, thread as well. Yeah. Um, Let's definitely start there because to become a shaman in any system that I've seen that I've interacted with, and I've interacted with quite a few, 
um, on a very personal level, not just read some books. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a calling. So it's an agreement that we make before we come. There's also usually a lineage of it in our um, bloodline and that manifests in the person as a DNA expression, Mm, gene expression. So essentially, if you're in a bloodline of people who are doing this work, not everyone did that. Most of the people in the family are not having, you know, they they don't have all have the calling. Mm. Um, There's usually just one or two in the family. um, And it's usually like, okay, if I would be the person doing that, maybe I would initiate my, my grandchild. Um, And that can happen even after I've passed. I can pass that on to, you know, a grandchild, a great, a great, great. Um, But it shows up in the person in a, there's a gene expression that we carry that allows us the ability to um, work with certain medicines and activate them. Um, In my case right now it's with water, but very soon, almost finished, I'll be activating plant medicine. and, and there's other things. You cannot just decide to become a shaman. However, there are many callings. Mm-hmm. There are many, many, many callings. And technically everyone's called to something. something. Yeah. 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 And so being the shaman, P.S., not fun, not like a sexy thing. <laughs> right here. Very hard. Um, I mean, I love it. It's my life. But um, it also has been like over glamorized and there are a lot of spiritual abilities that are just innate to a human being without you having to do Mm. X, Y, Z to become a shaman in order to access. Everyone can access their own ancestors, their own guides, angels, mind you. Um, So I'm usually focused on most of the people who come to me are either, um, either spiritual practitioners in their own right, um, deep seekers, and also high level entrepreneurs because, um, the Royal Shaman, I actually have, um, am am initiated with a spirit. I come with a spirit that works with royalty, whatever that, whatever that, um, looks like in the time. So in our ancient systems, the chief, so my name Makosi means chief mm. or royalty or king. And it used to be that in our systems, your king, your chief was quote unquote chosen by God, right? That's where this idea comes from. But it actually was the person who was the most spiritually powerful. Because they had to have and maintain a relationship with the spirits. And spirits, by the way, high level, (laughs) high level spirits, very, 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 (laughs) um, I won't say difficult, but they're particular. There's a certain level of quality that you have to operate in at all times. And it's a relationship that has to be maintained in order to continue to have this um, level of connection. So the other kind of um, 
spiritualists would be like advisors to the chief, the kings or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that's even why I came up with the, um, you know, the royal shaman, because that's part of my, that's part of my destiny. That's part of my calling. Yeah. Um, But there are, even within shaman, uh, shaman, shamanic hierarchy, there are even different kinds Mm -hmm. of shamans. There's different callings within that. And um, there's like a whole other world. But now for the other aspect that you were asking about, about, you know, not knowing what you're doing. Yeah. Like, what does that look like? And how can, you know, God forbid someone goes, you know, and tries something that they're not supposed to try. Like, how do we know if we're accessing some or trying to access? Cause maybe we can't access unless we have that DNA expression. Right. So like, how do we know if we are, um, I guess, ready to access something versus not ready to access something because we don't know how to work with it. Like, what does that even look like to people? Because I know like some people, maybe some people listening right now, they haven't even had like their first communication with their gu- their own guides. Like they're very much just waking up. Um, I will tell you where I've gone so far is I have sent, um, you know, lower vibrational entities to the light myself. I have spoken with my spirit guides. I channel um, beings. I never allow them to come into my body, but I'll bring them into my presence, like into the room and just get messages from them. Like, uh, so that's as far as I've gone, but you know, similar for me, I have the same question. Like, how do I know if I'm not supposed to be communicating with something? You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Well, the (laughs) first thing is everyone can access their personal connections. Everyone has their own personal connections. The way that you start, because there is a hierarchy, not a hierarchy in like one is more valuable or one is better than, but there is an order Mm. to the universe. So you have to start with understanding that there's an order to the universe. Okay. The first connection point is the ancestors. The, there was, there's been a lot of misunderstanding around that people thinking, oh, we, we, um, you know, we worship our ancestors. We're not worshiping our ancestors. We're venerating them. We're honoring them as a mode of honoring the self Mm. because you are not separate from them. They are not separate from you. Mm -hmm. The DNA Mm -hmm. it's there. There's no part of you. That's just you. And people get really triggered by that. Um, go look in the mirror. (laughs) there's like, that's your dad's nose. That's your grandma's eyebrow. Like (laughs) you're not a complete individual. So we always start with ancestors because we say that no matter what God you believe in, he, it, you chose the portal of this family, Mm -hmm. these ancestors. So those are your first guides and also your own head which is like your own soul, your, your unique expression is mm-hmm. also one of your guides. Then you have other, you know, other guides as well. Angels, um, aspects of nature, da, da, da. There's a lot of complexity to that. So accessing those, as long as you go about it in um, a certain way where you're very clear about who you're accessing because you do have ancestors that were not great and actually are causing a lot of mischief and chaos in your life and will, if you're 
not careful about how you approach. So how do we be careful? Like, what is that? What does that look like? So very like tangible, practical, whenever I go to my ancestors or I'm teaching people, you're very clear. I'm calling on this bloodline. I'm calling on this bloodline, this bloodline, this bloodline. There's four that you have that kind of reach back. And I'm only calling on those who come with unconditional love and the best intention for my life. Mm. Being very clear. The rest of you, you're not welcome here right now. Mm. Okay. I see. I love that. Yeah. But there's also still a responsibility because those are still your ancestors and they can still impact you. We can talk about this on a DNA level. Mm -hmm. Um, It will show up in your DNA as trauma. Mm. So your ancestors went through trauma. Yeah. Has them misbehaving, you know, as a consciousness and it's still showing up in your DNA. So this is why we have certain ceremonies and do certain cleansing for those ancestors so that they're no longer influencing you so that the level of trauma on a DNA level is healed. Mm, yeah. So there's, there's two sides. It's not, you can't just, it's not just intention. I know that's like a popular thing right now. That, yeah. Oh, everything is just intention. It's not, there's, everything has an energy to it. Everything has an energy, even the DNA. So that's, one, you want to start with that, you know, your, your gang, your spirit gang, <laughs> right? Then there's certain practices. So if you are someone who um, has developed to a certain level spiritually and you're um, tapping into other entities, you have to learn how to interact with them, learn how to identify them. Also learn how to, um, protect yourself, quote unquote, protect yourself. It's, it's not really like that, but, um, cleansing of your energy regularly, um, knowing how to command negative entities, right? Most people don't realize that nine times out of 10, who you're going to have access to if it's outside of your lineage is going to be a, a denser, a darker entity. Because once you start on the spiritual, you know, with spiritual awareness, you become like this incredible lighthouse. Mm-hmm. And everything right? likes the light. Everything. All the moths want to come <laughs> and swarm the light, right? Yeah. So you have to know how to, um, interact with them and also understand that some of them are trickster and are going to try to trick you, trying, you know, influence you in, in certain ways that feeds them energy. For what purpose? Why do they need energy? So dark entities, essentially they only exist mainly through siphoning energy. They don't have their own energy source. Mm -hmm. So because of where we came from and we can get real super woo here. When, okay. <laughs> when we, when we come into being right, we have this spark, this, this soul, this, um, spark of source that is an energetic, this life force that is flowing into us. It's what's keeping us alive, conscious, giving us a temperature regularly, etc. 
Mm-hmm. And that it, it's like a stream of energy that's flowing in. But on a higher level, if we want to go a couple dimensions up, we also created this experience <laughs> so that we can be able to see ourselves and be able to um, have the human experience. Well, you have to also create the opposite of in order to be able to have an experience. Cause you don't know light if you don't know dark, mm-hmm. you don't know quote unquote good without knowing quote unquote evil mm-hmm. um, grief without love and so on. So these entities are created and we are PS creating them with our thoughts, which then turn into emotions and we keep cycling them and then they turn into entities on their own, but they don't have their own source of energy. We have to keep feeding them energy or we have to pass them off to someone. And then that person is feeding them energy in order for them to quote unquote live. Is feeding them energy. Do you mean by that? Like fear is fear like the the energy that they live off of? Yes. Yeah. And there's a lot of fear in the world right now. I want to, I want to just quickly, you know, I have like a million fucking questions, by the way. It's like every, every sentence after every sentence you say, I'm like, wait a second. Now I have 10 more questions, but I do want to get into this real quick because this is so relevant to our times right now. You know, 2020, um, I was joking with you before we started recording. I'm like, 2020 is what they thought 2012 was going to be when they were talking about like 2012 is going to hit and like, shit's going to go down. Like people are going to awake. And, um, it seems like that's 2020 and there seems to be a lot of darkness right now. Um, you know, with, with the whole COVID thing and then the, the racism coming to light and, um, and then people going down the conspiracy theory rabbit hole, discovering a lot of unfortunate things about like, people who are in power, child trafficking, pedophilia rings, et cetera, et cetera. And more and more, I have people coming to me being like, Catherine, how could we possibly you know, worry about manifesting our best lives at this time when there's just so much darkness? So, so many people are suffering. Like, What is the point? How do we handle this? How do we find our truth? How do we find our light? And I'm curious from like a shamanic perspective, do you have any insight for people really struggling right now to figure out like how do they keep doing life, quote unquote life within all this darkness. And why is this darkness being exposed now? And what can we do about it? And like, how can we keep doing our thing where we can bring more light into the world that so desperately needs our light? How do you see all this? Because I know you had a brilliant podcast on James Wedmore's podcast talking about the root cause of racism. And I'm just curious about like the root cause of all of it compiled together. Yeah. So this is something that um, has been building Mm -hmm. for a few thousand years. So most of the time, whenever people start talking about stuff like this, they only go back to like a hundred years ago or 200 years ago. No, this actually started shifting when we created this different paradigm from what our ancient systems were. Because if you take any time to look, there are cultural differences, but we had a shamanic <laughs> um, paradigm worldwide. It existed worldwide. 
but you had, you had a little bit of variation because of where people live, the, the, um, divinities that they are interacting with their way of seeing the world, but they at least had this very common way of looking at the world. And we started to shift that approximately 2000 years ago, Mm. give or take. And so what we're seeing right now is like this magnificent, and I know people are going to think that I'm nuts for saying this, but um, it's really, really amazing. It's this beautiful uncovering of what has been. Like if you look back to ancient Rome, you can find evidence of pedophilia, of um, all sorts of crazy, intense sexual disturbances and so on. And, and, and I mean, goodness gracious, look at medieval times and how we were treating human beings. Look at how colonization has happened across the world, genocides left and right. Like this stuff is not new. Mm-hmm. It's only that right now we're being able to see behind the veil. We're being able mm-hmm. to have this rug lifted up and be able to see the truth, being able to see what's really there. But this goes back to what I was talking about having the, you know, the duality. However much you see that is like this massive amount of darkness and this massive amount of um, just insane things happening (laughs) all at the same time. Well, that same energy exists on the other side as well. Mm-hmm. So the same amount, I mean, however terrible you think things are, it can also be that incredible on the other side in the light, right? Mm-hmm. And so what I like to do is really use all of these things. And by the way, this is super uncomfortable to do, but so necessary. This is how you create real transformation. When you see these things in the world, understand that you're able to see it only because it exists in you. You're only able to see it because somewhere there is an aspect of you there. So then your responsibility is not about how do I get those Hollywood pedophiles? It's not about how do I get the president to care about COVID? (laughs) it becomes about, I can't do shit about what they think or what they're doing. What I can do is dive deep and ask myself, where is this showing up in my life? How is this affecting me? How have I been programmed in this way? Where am I perpetuating it? Where am I supporting it? And that's really uncomfortable for people to even think about, yeah. right? Yeah. But it's so uncomfortable, but that's where we have to go. So if you call yourself a light worker, if you call yourself a star seed or call, I don't know, because I'm, I'm literally just getting hip to what the new age folks are talking about. Honestly, <laughs> I have no idea because I have not read the books. No, I did not. I only saw the secret like, a year ago. Cause someone was like, Oh, you're talking about the secret. I'm like, Oh, what is this manifestation thing? Oh, well that's this. Oh, 
yeah, I know that. Um, (laughs) So I'm kind of behind on that. But if you're calling yourself all these things, you know, then you are a person who has the capability to have this level of impact. You're becoming aware. You're becoming awake to these things, not so that you can go out and change the world outside of you, but it's so that you can see that it's inside of you. So you can see how it's affecting you and how you are also affecting it and Mm. perpetuating it. That's the part no one wants to admit like, ah, I'm contributing to racism. Mm -hmm. I contributed and am still contributing to racism in ways that I'm not yet aware of. But every time that I'm becoming aware of something, I'm like, okay, wait a minute. How is that showing up in my life? So it's like the ultimate, like your reality is a mirror as to what's inside of you. And the reality is a holographic projection of aspects of yourself that you have either denied, rejected, or chosen to express. Like it's all of it. And it shows up in front of us so that we can look at it and so that we can do something about it within ourselves. And I think that that's such a beautiful way of explaining it when it comes to like taking responsibility. Like a lot of people... I find they are very resistant to the term, like take responsibility for your life. But I think that the way that you described it, it's like, why wouldn't you take responsibility for your life? Because that, that work, the work that you do on yourself is what impacts the collective, un- collective conscious and the collective unconscious. And that is how we change the world is by first changing ourselves. You know, initially I was thinking like, you know, some people could be like, well, that's selfish. Like you have to go and help people over there. You got to go and do this over there. You got to go out in the world and, and, and do the missionary work. You got to go out in the world and, and, you know, save the poor and whatever and blah, 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 blah. But you're saying like, first you need to work on yourself. And if we all take that responsibility of working on ourselves, then that's how we're going to shift the world. Like energetically, because the way I like to look at it and, and how I, um, I think that you see it is that everything that is being expressed 3D here is first being created in another dimension. And in order for us to shift what's here in the 3D world, we have to go and shift it first in another dimension. Is that how you would see it too? Absolutely. And here's the thing too is <laughs> the worst things that have been done on this planet. This is why consciousness and, and really developing and expanding your level of awareness, especially about yourself is so important because some of the worst atrocities in the world, I would venture to say all of them, but I haven't seen all of them. Um, but pretty much all of them that I've seen have been committed by people thinking they were doing a good thing because your mind is going to search for and create evidence that supports what you already believe. And then you just gather more evidence, right? And so you, you bring up missionaries and I don't want to say that, oh, all missionaries are terrible. What I'm going to say is that if you look at a a simple little Google search and you can see (laughs) how missionaries were the Trojan horse here in America, mm-hmm. in South America, in Africa, in Asia, <laughs> like even in, it started in Europe 
That's really where, where that started. They send the missionaries first and then come in behind Hmm. with the vaccines that kill people or the uh, swords of the army or the whatever. So we have to be honest about ourselves. And am I, am I trying to go and change someone else? Because I think that I know what's best for them, right? Like as Americans on a collective level, yeah, we do that. Yeah. We, we be judging, (laughs) we be judging. Oh, they're, they're primitive. They're a third, third world country. Um, you know, they are, they have a a monarch instead of a democracy. We're going to go give them democracy. And in the process, we end up killing thousands of people, but we're, but we're the right ones. Right. So we have to be really, we have to get really aware and examine, wait a minute. Why am I doing that? Yeah. Is this a distraction? Right. Is this like on a collective level, are we going and doing those things to distract from all of the issues that we have here? We spend way more on war than we do healing homelessness and drug addiction, right? Which are literally killing. I mean, we have hundreds of thousands of children missing, right? And we're off gallivanting at every turn of the, of the, um, that's not even how I want to say it, but you know what I mean? (laughs) We're off doing those, doing those things when, Hey, inside we have some things to do. And it happens the same on the individual level. We try to go and fix other people. We try to, um, you know, go fight for this cause or go do da, 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 without ever taking the time to examine, wait a minute, how am I playing a role in this? Is this my responsibility? Am I actually helping? If I want to help other people, maybe I should ask them how I can help them, (laughs) how I can support them instead of thinking I know what's best. People tend to (laughs) skip that phase for some reason. Oh man. Okay. Going into like the individual level, um, more on that and how it relates to like your work, like what do you do specifically, you know, cause you help high level entrepreneurs, right? That's what that's, um, is that, is that the only people that you choose to help at this time? Or is that just one of your, um, audiences? Um, that's one of my audiences. So typically if I'm working with high level entrepreneurs, there's a specific, um, there's a different perspective that they're having and they have different, there's a different need there because then we're talking about transcendence, self-transcendence. How do I become my most aligned self Mm -hmm. and experience the highest level of freedom and abundance in order to create the highest level of impact in the world? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Then there's another group that I work with that are seekers And that group, um, some of them are practitioners in their own right, or they're just getting started. I wouldn't say they're just getting started, but they're, they're a little bit on their way. And that one's more about actualizing themselves. That level is more about, um, finding your purpose, answering the calling, really developing, um, inner mastery. And so once people, if we're looking at the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, once people have 
you know, their basic needs met, they have a community, they have love, um, you know, they have a certain level of, of esteem. That's when they start caring about this fi- these final two, that very tiny little triangle. And I, my mission is to get as many people into that tippy top. Let's, let's get to transcendence. Let's, let's get to like authentic conscious impact in the world because right now we have leaders who are not that. And (laughs) we all like, we're all impacted by that. So Totally. If I'm like, I can support these people because I've been through this journey myself and I've done it. Very few people have done it. Let me, let me support in that way. What does transcendence look like to you? Like when you say self-transcendence, like what, how do you know, like the level before you transcend and then what you look like after, like, how does that manifest into someone's like business or life or relationship, you know, real life stuff, real life (laughs) tangible, practical, because I just love talking about how it shows up in real life. Um, It usually will start with just this nagging, knowing that there's more. Mm. Yeah. That's usually how it starts. And then that little tiny, you know, little tiny pinprick then starts to fester and starts to um, infect all of these other areas to where the, to the point where you know, you're really doing great things in the world, but you know that you're capable of more. Makosi, you're describing the last two years of my life. Like, <laughs> as I've been trying to describe to my friends, I'm like, there, I know I'm on the cusp. There's something more, but I don't fucking know what it is. And it's bothering the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. And, you know, we talk about you know, mindset and mindfulness, et cetera, et cetera. And those play a role. Mm -hmm. But what we're talking about is returning you to this unique essence, this unique expression that you came to be in this world and allowing you to be that authentically. Most people don't understand what authenticity is because you can feel like, oh, I'm telling, you know, I, I feel like I'm in my truth. But most of the time you're in the truth of this personality that you've developed. Yeah. Right? It's not your actual authentic essence, who you were before your parents started molding you and your teachers started educating you and watching TV. It's the societally accepted version of you that you are authentically. Yes, yes. So this is about, um, and by the way, it starts off, pretty innocently, this just, this nagging, but it does end up festering and you find yourself, most people find themselves in what I call the void. Um, this liminal space where you're like, I don't know what, like, what is all of this even for? Why, why am I here? There's still something more that I'm supposed to be in this world. Most people interpret it as be doing, but it's actually about being being. Yeah. It's about being, but you have to, you have to peel back the layers. And so what I do is take people from the void through that liminal space to become the sovereign of their life and of their, of their domain where they have mastery over themselves and also are creating at the highest level and having 
the greatest level of, of impact because it's coming from that energetic alignment with who they were born to be, not, you know, how they just like read 800 personal development books, hired all the best coaches <laughs> and did all the best strategies. And the challenge with this, let me keep it real honest with you, is that this is not, it's not a quick fix. You can have an incredible breakthrough, but this level, it's like you're exploring something that most people will never explore. Very small percentage of people end up getting to that place where they have the ability. It also requires someone on the other side. <laughs> so in That's our ancient system- question, like as a shaman, like what is your role in this? Can you literally see for people? Like, can you, do you get messages? Do you literally like see what they're supposed to be doing? Um, how do you help your clients? Like, how do you say, Hey, this, the, all this that you got going on right now, like that's not everything for you. There's so much more. Like, can you literally guide people to their purpose? And like, what is, um, living your life purpose even look like? Do people have like an actual path that they're, that's predetermined? Can you choose any path? Like, again, every time you speak, Makosi, I have like a million fucking questions. Like I'm very worried about like being on time with this podcast because I'm like, oh my God, this might have to turn into like a five-parter. That's how many questions I have. (laughs) Okay. So you would say that I'm an oracle or that I'm communicating with spirit and I am getting messages for people once we've initiated the spirit link. Every Mm -hmm. once in a while, I might get some before that's happened. But when I'm working with someone, there's this energetic connection where essentially I'm opening myself up to Mm -hmm. be connected with your, your ancestors, your family, et cetera. That could look like, honestly, depending on the level I'm working with the person, it could look like I'm lying in bed reading all of a sudden one of your grandpas is like, Hey, (laughs) we need our grandchild to do blah, 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 blah. Or there's about to be this problem. Hmm. And so then we have to resolve that because they, this level of work is not just about seeing. It's also about the, the, the quote unquote prescription or how do we resolve this root issue to bring this person into further alignment? We also have to examine what purpose means. So most people, when we're thinking of purpose, we're thinking of what am I supposed to, what goal am I supposed to achieve by the time I die? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. This is not what purpose is, right? Let, let's kind of get clear about your purpose here. Everyone has a purpose that is every moment. It's who you're here to be. Mm-hmm. It is that unique uh, formula of energetic qualities that you are here to be because that influences everyone around you and impacts everyone. So if, for example, you came into this world to be introspective because you have an innate gift of being able to um, see very clearly the problems and then create a solution for them, but you have to be an introspection. But you learned as a child that actually... You get further in the world if you're extroverted. And so you're operating like from your mind, you can create all the reasons to continue being extroverted, right? Right. And most people uh, approach personal development as 
that as reprogramming to align with what I desire, what I want. But what I'm doing is now we're going to be in real time, real life, based off of what experiences are popping up, what messages are coming through, what dreams are showing up. We're going to align you with who, who you need to be. And then the manifestation follows because you can't imagine what you're here for. Your mind can't go there. Yeah. Because the mind only copies. It can only see Gary Vaynerchuk had this level of success and these are the steps that he took. And then this is what he says to do. And now I'm going to just reprogram myself and align myself to be like that. Yeah. But that's out of alignment for who you are. You can't, for this level of of, um, transformation, you can't operate that way. It doesn't work. Who you're here to be has never been before. A lot of people have a hard time trusting the, that they have a unique path because like that's a breakthrough I actually had that I was going to save for um, a quick podcast episode because I realized like when we think of a goal that we want to achieve, like let's say we set a goal, we immediately, we immediately think of other people who have gotten there and then we start looking at their path. And I know that one mistake that I made that put me into so much like, like just I don't even want to say emotional, like more like mental turmoil was, you know, like I, as I was telling you before, like I, I don't talk like a lot, like I'm more introverted. So I save a lot of my energy for my podcast. I love my podcast. And as you can tell, like love my podcast, um, because you can go so deep and you can just share and just be yourself. And like, you could just, all you need to do is push record. And so I find myself not not having as much energy for like the Instagram stories and the IGTV and the videos and whatever. And like, you know, I've always envisioned, like, I know people want to see me in a certain way where people are always asking like, Catherine, we want to see more of the behind the scenes. We want to see your daily life. We want to see this. We want to see that. Like, and I know my team and I have been discussing like having a videographer follow us around and like creating content on the go. And the more I think about it, the more it just stressed me out. And I remember at some point hitting this like wall and being like, wait a second, all I'm doing in my mind when I'm visualizing like growing my brand and when I'm visualizing growing my audience, I am immediately looking at everyone who is in that place and just looking at their path. And and I'm not considering the fact that what they're doing for their path is right for them and what I'm going to be doing for my path is going to be right for me. And if I'm following my authentic path, I will create the success that I meant to create. I will get to my goal. The manifestation will happen, but it doesn't have to be like, I don't have to be on social media 24 seven to get there. And that like gave me so much permission to just take this weight off my shoulders. And that's like the message that I now want to share with people is that you cannot automatically let your mind, as you said, it's your mind that's doing it, like filling in those gaps when you don't even understand how you're going to get there because that's not going to be coming from your mind. It comes from another place, right? It comes from spirit or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I love, I love that you just mentioned that because I can so relate to that. And like, again, that nagging, everything that you're saying is literally my life for the last, like God knows how long. So for people who feel that way, um, you know, where can they get started? Like for people, maybe, you know, obviously at the end of the show, you know, where I'll ask like, where can people follow you? Where can people work with you? But like people are listening like today, what can they do to, um, access those parts of themselves that they don't even know yet? Or how can they 
get themselves on the path to discovering like the path that is more in alignment with who they truly are and who they came to be? Do you have any like starting points, any tips, advice, or anything like that? The very first thing that comes to my mind um, is the thing that my clients <laughs> give me the hardest time about. There, there's literally jokes. They're like, we're going to get a t-shirt that says that I survived this. And um, I call it the day of nothing. <laughs> and what I mean by that is actually nothing, not Netflix and chilling, not sitting down with a vision board, not sitting down to, um, you know, like go get a massage, get a mani-pedi, blah, 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 blah. That stuff is important. Get your mani, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, um, (laughs) reading your life, because this is really about empowering you to become a sovereign being, meaning that you are the owner, the queen of your life with total responsibility, but also total power in your life requires you to be still. It requires you to learn how to not always be doing stuff to actually pay attention to. So as a shaman, one of the things that we get really good at and everyone can learn is being in tune with the communications that are coming in because your higher self, your soul is constantly every single moment of every day, trying to get you back into alignment. And so it will create and pull in experiences. It will pull in synchronicities. It will pull in, uh, animal signs or, you know, incredible opportunities or whatever it will pull in or also the opposite of that. (laughs) It will pull in some chaos if need be so that you have the opportunity again to examine the alignment there. Is this actually me? Am I actually, where did this come from? And that level of communication, learning how to listen to your higher self a lot of that happens in, in the doing of the less not, you can't do it when you're always distracted and always staying busy and always hustling and always, um, in other people's drama, scrolling, social media, all of those, all of those things. So also getting back in touch with what lights you up where I ask my clients, Oh, I'm, you know, they'll say, I'm, I'm feeling stuck today. I don't know. I'm just feeling off and da, 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 da. And I will say, where's the energy flowing today? Mm. Where is your energy pulling you? Is it pulling you to like uh, a few strawberries? <laughs> is it pulling you to like twerk in your living room? Is it pulling you to um, drive two hours to see your best friend? Or is it pulling you to create in the world? do it. So first you have to listen. Yeah. Surrender is a piece of that, which no one wants to talk about. Everyone hates (laughs) that word, but that's like the most important piece. Yeah. Surrender to where your energy is trying to take you. And this is not about you trusting, you know, everyone's like saying, trust the universe, da, da, da. You ain't even got to trust the universe. 
This is about you trusting yourself. Look back at your life. Look at all of the hard things you've been through. Look at all of the challenges, all of the backstabbing and the drama and the, you know, the really difficult times, the the death. Look at all of that. And you're still here. So this is about getting back to trusting that no matter what happens, I got this. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay because I'm choosing that I'm going to be okay no matter what life throws at me. And letting go, surrendering that expectation of how life is supposed to be. It's supposed to be like this. Get out of the mind, into the body. The spirit is in the DNA. It's in the body. The consciousness is literally in your body. Mm. I can go on for hours, Makosi. And so I want to respect your time and also respect this, um, the, the length of the episode. I think I'm definitely going to invite you back to go deeper because, I mean, if you're open to it, because holy fuck, like this has been so incredible. I had so many light bulb moments go off. Um, I'm going to do a day of nothing. My coach actually, uh, last year I was working with Jim Fortin and he challenged me to do a 10 day silent meditation retreat. And he said, Catherine, like, this is all you need. (laughs) Like, you just need to go learn what bullshit goes through your head every day and figure that out and just let it go. And you, you just need to be still because all the answers are inside of you. And I've been looking, it's so funny because immediately my ego is like, I can't do this alone. I need to find a friend who also wants to do a um, 10 day silent meditation retreat. So I literally like asked around and the only person who said maybe was James Wedmore. So we'll see. But like, I just know that I, you know, 10 days is one thing, but I love that you suggest one day because that's totally doable. Like people can find one day in their life to do nothing. And, you know, when you think of doing nothing, you immediately go, oh, so I can read a book. Oh, so I can do laundry. No, 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 no. It's literally nothing. So I feel like that's such a great challenge. I challenge all of you guys to do that. Um, Mikosi, where can people go and learn more about you and work with you? Where do you hang out on the interwebs? Where where, where can people access more of your um, amazing content? Um, You can find me on my website. So I'm at the Royal Shaman, www.theroyalshaman.com. Also on Instagram, the Royal Shaman, on Facebook, the Royal Shaman, (laughs) YouTube, the Royal Shaman. He is the Royal Shaman. (laughs) I'm like everywhere. (laughs) So you heard that very easy to spell. Shaman is spelled S-H-A-M-A-N. Guys, screenshot this episode right now. If there's anything that Makosi said that just blew your mind, you had an aha moment, a breakthrough, a takeaway that you want to share with her, tag at the Royal Shaman, tag at Manifestation Babe, and share that information with us because I am sure that Makosi would love to hear from you guys and send her all her all your love for her um, time and energy that she spent with us and in going deep and not being afraid of going deep because I know some people kind of uh, you know beat around the bush and I love that you don't do that and that's the kind of energy that I would um, love to bring back onto this podcast. Um, thank you so much, Makosi. This has okay. been incredible, um, and I will catch you guys on the next episode. Mwah. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you absolutely loved what you heard today, 
Be sure to share it with me by leaving a review on iTunes so that I can keep the good stuff coming your way. If you aren't already following me on social media, come soak up the extra inspiration on Instagram by following at Manifestation Babe or visiting my website at manifestationbabe.com. I love and adore you so much and can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. In the meantime, go out there and manifest some magic.